your source for New England short track racing. Welcome to the Turn 4 Podcast. Brought to you by the fine folks over at Fireside Beverage in Estutney, Vermont. You can find us each and every Tuesday on all major podcast platforms. Make sure to like us on Facebook at Turn 4 Podcast. And now, DJ and Zach, take it away. Welcome to this week's episode of the Turn 4 Podcast. This week's guest is going to be Ben Poland. Benny, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Yourself? Not bad. Zach? Benny Mother Effin' Poland <laughs> is in the building, baby. We could have bleeped it. We could have. That's true. I didn't want to start <laughs> off with the bleep. Though. We might as well. Yeah. So, Benny, you, I think we've figured out, you started racing in the kids' division with Joey and all those guys? I sure did. Okay. I got, I got my start the very first year of the youth division at Claremont. So that would have been 05? Is that what we figured out? 04, 05? 04. 04. 04. What did you drive? Because we know we know what Joey drove. We know what Weasel drove. What did you What did you roll in there with? I showed up at the racetrack with a 93 Saab 9000. Yes. A little Saab. How'd that thing go? Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> Probably the heaviest, slowest car on the racetrack, but it did teach me how to drive a line and to keep momentum. Yeah, I was going to say. Because if they're heavy, once you get that thing up to speed, you needed to keep it up there. Oh, it was a Sherman tank. I mean, there was nothing <laughs> that couldn't handle. <laughs> We're rifling them already. A uh, Sherman tank. Uh, so, again, that would have been the year that Joey rattled off a ton of wins, I yeah, think. Did you run that for off. two years then? Two years. Yep. Same car both years? No, I raced the first year with the Saab, and then the second year we showed up with a Saturn, and everybody laughed at us all winter long, and then I showed up. Open at night and lap the field three times. Jesus, dude. Rails. Yeah. Wow. Rails. We had a restrictor after that. <laughs> Added some weight. We're going to slow you down. Restrictor, and then it was weight each time, right? Yeah, actually. Yeah, because Chris was running against him then, right? Yeah. yeah. And he was <laughs> getting spanked. I, I was like, who? What? How did we get to here? Yeah, actually, they started off week one. They restricted the air intake a quarter inch. And then I went out and won again. <laughs> And they restricted yep. it another quarter inch, and they added weight. I don't remember how much, but they added weight. And we went out week three, and I obviously had to start in the back, and we are coming up through the pack, and I ended up, oh, it was a late race caution. I don't remember exactly what had happened, but I ended up downshifting, and the Saturns had no rev limiter. Oh. So I downshifted trying to make a pass because I wanted to podium. It was for third. And I wanted a podium, so I downshifted and, and never shifted back up and ended up blowing it up on week three. <sighs> so did we put a new motor in it? Oh, we went through three engines that oh. summer. <laughs> oh, my God, man. So how many wins did you end up with that year? Seven wins with the Saturn. Jesus. Well, here's up, here's your yeah here's your it factor. Yeah, he, listen, he had it. So, we, so um, again, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of the episodes, but I've never driven a car, right? My younger brother raced for a couple years, but that's the extent of it. But I've noticed that some people have it. Whatever it is, you either have it or you don't have it. And to me, you have it. So, like, driving anything with wheels and some things without wheels has always kind of been a natural thing for me. When I was a little, little kid, my dad got me a go-kart. I think it was, like, four uh, this was before there was the go-kart racing at the racetrack or we weren't even involved in, in racing at all. So we had um, some go-karts at the house and my dad and my uncle, Devin, who happens to be my crew chief now, 
uh, the two of them built an eighth mile banked clay track out behind my parents' house. What? That's, so that's that, awesome. That's kind of where my my racing bug started. <laughs> and the go kart track is it's there to this day. Flag stand, the whole nine. Yep. Do you still race it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. That's awesome. Yep. I feel like we need to butter them up for a turn four podcast episode from the racetrack. Listen, <laughs> I'm I'm in. That's that's sick that you. So you, we're talking like before you even step foot in a in a car, you Bef- were turning go karts. Yep. Before so before I had gone to the racetrack at all. So how we ended up getting involved at Claremont was the year. So it would have been two years before my first season. So it would have been 2002. My uncle, a uh, different uncle than my my crew chief, built a street stock in my dad's garage. It was an old Camaro. Um, Brent Allard. I don't know if you guys know the name or not. He no, raced, I don't. He raced for a bit in the 90s and then again just the one season in 2002. So, yeah, he built a garage. He built a car in my dad's garage, and, and we crewed for him all that that season and yeah we were hooked so it was like a we tw- would have been what 11 12 somewhere right around there yep, that's yep. gonna be awesome oh yeah <laughs> so actually my my rookie year in the youth division i was in seventh grade so i was seventh grade jesus <laughs> <laughs> then he comes out in eighth grade and rattles off freaking yeah. seven wins and is mopping them up i love it so <laughs> did you just do the two years in the kids division then yeah it was two seasons in the kids' division, and then I moved up into then it was called the Lightning Stocks. Yeah, yeah. the eight-cylinder Monte Carlos Camaros. Yeah. Were they allowed Camaros back then? No. No, just Monte no, Carlos, no. right? They, they were a long ways off of yeah. what we see for a, a street stock division now. Because that was like 305s, automatics. Yep. Yeah. So they were, you know, 305 automatic, two-barrel, um, complete floor pan, complete firewall, they were all, they were stock. Yeah, all stock bodies. I mean, you're talking these things weighed 3,400 pounds. Jesus. Yikes. That had to teach you some finesse. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was like driving a boat around the yeah. around the track. Yeah. Jesus. Did you pick up any wins rookie year? Not my rookie year. My rookie year, I did get three podiums. It was two-thirds and a second. And then my second year in the – and by then they changed it from lightning stock to strictly stock. Yeah. And then um, the year after, we we got a, a handful of wins, quite a few podiums. How does the conversation go with, I'm assuming it's your dad you have the conversation with, of like, I want to get into a race car, I want to get into racing. Like, how does how does that unfold? Does dad come to you and say, hey, do you want to try this out? Or do you go to him and like... So actually, my dad used to drive too. Right. And in and your dad is, for everybody, is Calvin, right? Okay. Correct. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, he ran... Uh, street stock or then lightning stock. Uh, he started in 2003 and he ran, what was it? Four seasons, three seasons or four. I forget in the, uh, lightning stocks. He, he won a championship. It would have been my last year in the youth division. So that would have been Oh six, Oh six ish, something like that. So if there was a spell that we had two race cars racing full time, Whoa. Every week, and was your uncle wrenching on both of them at that point? Oh yeah, I was gonna say he had a busy <laughs> it, night. It was it was literally like a full time job. Yeah, uh, we minimum we spent, you know, forty five hours a week in the garage. Whoa! In the seventh grade, you were putting forty hours a week in the garage. Yep, kept me out of trouble, man. I was gonna That's say now fair. you know why he drives the way he does now. It's very well. He respects it. Yeah, it's, I was gonna say yeah. it's not. 
Because yeah. I think I, I made the comment a couple episodes ago that like we were talking about villains and, you know, good guys, bad guys have things. And I'm like, man, I, something deep down in me wants Benny to like one time just running side by side with Aaron, just drive it a little too deep and slide Aaron up. And like, you know what I mean? Like, because I feel like you're there every single week. And I know that Aaron's had the run that he's had and everybody already knows that. But you're there. You know what I mean? It's not he's not just cakewalking this thing anymore. No, we're we're, you know, nipping at his heels every week and for us personally, you know, everybody gets all, you know, everyone has their opinion, I'll say, on on how Aaron runs and and how much success he's had and for us, it's motivation. Right. If you want to claim to be the best, you have to beat the best. So I want him to be there every week on his A game cuz that right. pushes me to be better and us as a team to be better. There there has been a couple of times where where Aaron and I have had some scuffles. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I didn't know if we wanted to jump head first into yeah, it, but as um, a matter of fact, yes. It would have been no, I want to say 2017 when he was running that ham key car. Yep. At Claremont, I ended up so he had long story short, he had he had been kind of roughing me up all night. And and he has this knack to rough you up but not get caught. Okay. And um and it and it might not even look like he's doing anything to somebody watching the race, but <laughs> when you're in the car and you're in you're running side by side with you know he's there and you know what he's doing. What's he doing? He's just door door jamming you or what? He's so smooth about it, man. He he it's you can't use the word jam like okay. He comes up onto your car, and and when he makes contact, you don't feel him make contact until he's moving your car. Oh, so he's leaning on you. Yeah. Oh. And he leans on you just enough so you break traction, and, you know, you go into the turn loose or you got to lift, whatever the case may be, but uh, he is smooth. I will give him that. <laughs> and then you look like a jackass to everybody out in the grandstands because, like, Jesus, Benny, all you had to do was hold your line. You overdrive it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> In this one particular night, I had had enough, and when he, we were coming down the back stretch, and he came up to start leaning on my left rear quarter, and I just lifted and braked, and I crossed him over, and he weren't expecting me to cross him over, and I mean, it couldn't have worked out more perfectly. I let him go, and I just, right to the wood, <laughs> with every intention on, on on dumping him like that was my sole intention was to dump him and i succeeded i mean gloriously he went around in smoke it was awesome and then i'm expecting you know yeah i'm going to the rear you know so i i pulled down onto the apron of the track caution comes out and um my uncle keys the radio and he's like take your spot bud they're they're telling you take your spot and this is two to go for second place Oh boy! So for no what, problem. So what for whatever reason, um, I want to say that Dickie Laplante was the race director at that point. Yeah, okay. he missed it and gave me my spot back. <laughs> so we end up trophying after I just flat out dumped him, <laughs> and I'm it was awesome. It was awesome. it was oh, better than a man. win. It, it was. It's got to be. So it's got to feel just a little bit better just from time to time. Because again. And then not to sit him up on a pedestal, but when you've won in many races as he has over the last few years, yeah. and what people probably don't realize is you're what last year a couple of nights you were only a tenth off of his pace, half a tenth, yeah. and that's all it takes. I oh, mean, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that one thing that has kind of 
magnified his success and and the the slight bit of speed that he has on anybody else is our you know lower car count yeah if we had 20 cars every week that 10th half 10th you know starting from the back wouldn't be as huge yeah it's one thing to start from 12th versus starting from 22nd 23rd 24th whatever it may be no i agree with you there we'll jump backwards a little bit again so you ran two years how many years did you actually run in the street stock pure stock whatever you want to call them division i I ran three seasons in that and then jumped to what's now the super street yep when i when we moved up to it was then the Super Streets. Now it's the late, late model, model sportsman. sportsman. Yeah. Why the name changes? I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, we can't even blame Parks for that one because I no. think that's the NHS TRA deal that's calling them the late model sportsman. Exactly. Okay. Kind of pointless to me, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. You yeah. know. And quite honestly, what what we're racing now is basically a a pro stock of 15 years ago on eight inch rubber, or not even. I mean, really, the only thing that separates. My car in a in a granite state car is a rack, a crate crate engine and and ten inch rubber. Yeah, that's it, pretty much. Yeah, well that and coilovers. I mean, I'm running coilover eliminators, but he could yeah. run them if he wanted to. Uh, they would bolt right. I mean, I could convert it pro stock in a weekend. Really? Yeah. Is there any plans to do that? <laughs> um, actually, this at the beginning of 2020, I begged Parks to let me run. In with the Granite State guys, and he wouldn't let me do it. Why? We we run a built engine. Yeah. Oh, and it's got to be crate. No, right? yeah. you can be. I believe the again. So this is what he talked about a few weeks ago. So his built rule was he was slowly trying to phase it out. Uh, so I think Benny would have had to added quite a bit of weight and done a couple. Di- well, actually, he might have let you get away because you, you got a steering box versus a rack, right? Uh, I I tried every <laughs> every I, angle. I wanted. I mean, I didn't think that I had any shot of keeping up with those Granite State guys, but I just would have been fun. I wanted to bolt on ten inch rubber and go have fun. <laughs> you know, that's all I wanted to do. And he wouldn't let it happen. No, he shot me down. Oh, Parks, wow. man. Did you get a championship in the street stock or no? I did not. You did not? I did not. We, as a matter of fact, it was my final season in the street stock. There was a heated points battle between myself and Tara Tarbell, and we were like back and forth, back and forth. And it was within three points at the end of the season. And there's a huge backstory to it. Um, I ended up getting into her... Uh, I think it was three races to go, and I got parked. It was a DQ. Justifiable or, um, not, or not justifiable? It depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> From his uh, side, no. You to know, you, not justifiable. Um, Hindsight being 2020, I drove it in a little deep, and I probably should have just backed off and waited another lap. Okay. But I, is that parkable? Is that a parkable offense? Yeah. I, I mean, there was some drama that had been building, so I don't know if, you know, Maybe he just wanted to make an example. Right, prove a point. I yeah, he to say it. This is 11 years ago at this point. Oh, yeah, this is like, a long time ago. Oh, nine. So who's, who owns the track? Then? Is it Dennis? Dennis, Dennis owned, still owned it, yeah. yeah. Dennis still owned the track, it. and I believe Parks was the race director at that point. Was oh, he? So yep. Parksy's the one that parked yep. you. Yep. Mike Parks. Okay. Maybe that's why he wouldn't let you run the Pro Stock Series. <laughs> he remembered that one night. As Anyways. A, uh, so we ended up getting the DQ. And we were actually ahead on points at that point. The next week, I went out and won the race. So I brought it back to within three points. I was three points behind Tara, who was leading the points. We'll just say some out-of-town guys 
happened to come to the racetrack on championship night. We won't name names. Oh, wait a minute. And um, I had to start in the back the, the very last race, but I, I had to finish two spots ahead of Tara yep. to get the championship. So I had to start dead last because I had won the week before. Which was a rule. Yep, there's a rule. Yep. And rules are rules. Yeah, which is fine because it was in the rule book all year. Yep. So it's okay. So we weren't squabbling about that. Um, The one thing that was kind of like a technicality thing that we were kind of bummed about was the two out-of-town guys was their first race at Claremont. Let me guess. They got four field goods, didn't they? And they got to start ahead of me and four brand-new tires. And, you know... The rule is any new car without a three-week average, you start in the rear. It's yeah. like having 50 phantom points. Yep. It's as good as a win, basically. So long story short, they start ahead of me. They keep me behind them for most of the race. I end up making my way by one of them, and it's getting close to the end of the race, and I'm racing up through the pack, and it was like three to go. I ended up getting taken out bad by one of them. It ended up ripping the whole rear end out of the car. Jesus. Destroyed the car. Something, and, um, something smells fishy about this story to me. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, bygones be bygones, but it was it was arranged. Really? Oh, for sure. It, somebody paid somebody to come up. Oh, 100%. The best part about the whole thing is when we were up in the grandstands after it all had happened, we're sitting to the uh, with my grandparents watching the rest of the races, and one of the guys who had come was sitting like five rows down. And was bragging to his buddy, oh, yeah, man, I got paid 100 bucks to come wreck that little punk tonight and blah, blah, blah. <sighs> yeah. Because even at this point, I think I was like 15, 16 at this point. I was going to say, you can't yeah. be old enough to like, yeah. well, I mean. You I you, like you were old, old enough, enough to throw to, hands yeah, if you wanted to. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I definitely would have tried. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's crazy. But, um, yeah, so we, we ended up missing the championship by like three or four points. And Tara didn't win it either. Jeff Murray ended up winning it because when the whole big wreck happened, he ended up gaining a bunch of spots, and it was so late in the race that he ended up just holding on for the win. And Did you ever find out who paid them? Oh, yeah, I know exactly. You know exactly who paid them? <laughs> I know exactly who we, we don't need to air out the dirty laundry, we, but uh, I just want to know if you know. The, the good part about it is we get along great now. I mean... Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair. We'll, just, we'll leave it there. Sometimes you got to leave the past in the past. Yeah. That's. Hey, I mean, it's it's, I it's not easy. Yeah. No. We can. We can all talk about it now and have a good <laughs> chuckle. But there was. I would say there was probably four or five years after it had happened that. Yeah. We weren't talking. I bet you weren't. So Oof. it was after that season that you hopped up into again the now super streets or late model sportsman whatever you want to call it. Yep. Did you find victory lane the first year with that thing? I did. I did. We got three trophies that year. Um, I think it was one win in two thirds. This is what I love about racers. Give me two seconds. Hold on. Know, yeah. Right. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Okay. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> we, we actually got the car from Dana Whipple, Aaron Whipple's dad. Yeah. He had bought the car. It was brand new, never been raced. He had a complete roller, full body. It was everything minus the engine transmission. And he had bought it with the intention to put it together for Aaron to run. And he ended up going away to school or something like that and decided he wasn't going to race. We got a hold of him and, and went up and looked at it. And it was a beautiful car. It was a Barnard car, Barnard chassis. And um, 
Yeah, we ran three seasons with that car. I won the championship in 2011 with it. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm probably wrong, but you still own that car, right? Actually, we owned it up until two years ago. Okay. So it would have been the winter of 2019, and I know where the car is. Um, so you know the whole lineage of the car. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, uh, the car, uh, Chris Colburn has the car. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So it's sitting at his house and at this yeah. point. <laughs> I, as a matter of fact, I would if I would love to get it back. Hey, Chris. Because it would make... Hit Benny up. It would make a beautiful street stock because back when we first started in the super streets, I mean, basically that's what the street stocks are now. Yeah. Right. I'm assuming Camaro chassis or a metric? No, nope, full metric car. Metric car. Yeah. yeah. So it would nope. bolt a body on and you could oh, yeah. pretty much go racing the street stock with that thing now. Yeah. So Jeez. what he's saying is you'd build it and then run two divisions. So we get the double dose of Ben pulling every night. We were, we've actually been talking all winter yes. long. We were, you know, you watch social media and you see, I've been so jealous watching all these guys racing down <laughs> south right. in the winter, man. Right. And it's cold and there's uh, nothing to do up here. It's miserable. Up and, here. and then you see Weasel down south. <laughs> Dylan, right? for Dylan. Yeah, yeah. Dylan. You, know, you see them all down south racing. You're like, man, I need a street stock because it seems like the street stocks, you can take go anywhere, anywhere, anywhere right. and go have fun with it. Anybody that listens to the Dale Jr. download, there's hints that maybe uh, North Wilkesboro. Um, Marcus Smith of SMI was like, yeah, you know, we haven't ruled it out yet. We haven't ruled it out. So Weasel's been playing that all week. Hey, the Mass Street Stock Series would look great on North Wilkesboro. The I Mass, agree. He's just rifling it on every... How hey, sick would that be? I, I can't believe, like, this race at Hickory this weekend with Pass and ACT, I can't believe they don't have a Street Stock, Mini Stock, nothing. It's just those two divisions there all weekend. Yeah, definitely. How do you not have a couple feeder divisions for... Big races like this, like yeah, it's fair. Well, exactly. Well, to me, it just adds to the show. I was gonna know? say, I'd be happier paying twenty five bucks to see five divisions and paying twenty bucks for two. Exactly. So it's fair. So you, so you ran that car for three years and then upgraded to another new one, or did you guys buy a used one? No, we from that car we bought a chassis from Jimmy Zulo. What year are we talking now? Twenty thirteen. Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Okay. No. It would have been. Thir- two, it would have been thirteen. Thirteen. 13. Yeah. Okay. Because we we won the championship in twenty eleven, and then we ran. He still owns that car. The I was gonna say. Yes, I still have that <laughs> car. Yeah, I still I still do. But there's a backstory behind this Jimmy Zulo car, though, that I found out the other day, or it may be two different stories, and you may have to correct me. Jimmy built that car, and you went to go buy it, and you and Jimmy had like a little. Like a little, not scuffle, I won't call it a scuffle, but it was like a... It was oh, a spat. It was a spat. Jimmy and I definitely had a <laughs> Right. Yep. And it was the it was the season before, like a, like a month before you bought the car or something like that? It would have been before I bought the car, the season before I season bought the before. Season before. Full season before. Yeah, yeah, full season before I bought the car. Because Heather tells the story of Dylan wouldn't come outside... Yeah, yeah, he looked at you through the window and yeah, was like, "There were still hurt feelings at that point." <laughs> yeah. So, what hey, happened with look, you and Jimmy, though? I don't remember exactly what had happened, but I remember that the both of us ended up in the backstretch wall. Okay, I do and, remember that. And hurt feelings. Yeah, there <laughs> bent was cars and hurt yeah, feelings. There was definitely hurt feelings over it. <laughs> and you two are like, you two are definitely two guys that are not afraid of confrontation. Not at all. Not at all. No, he he was. I think we met. Like at the halfway point between his pit and my pit, yeah, 
Yeah. Just to see who was going to blink first and neither of you blinked? No, nobody blinked. And then I think everybody turned around and just walked away. <laughs> actually, I'm sure there was some yelling. The um, fine folks from uh, Claremont PD actually kind of... <laughs> Us in the other direction. Why don't you boys man. head back towards your pits and we'll call this even. And then yeah. the next year you turn around and you're like, hey, Jimmy, let me buy that car. And he sells it to you. Yeah. And, and I mean, ever since that one little spat, um, we've got along great. That's took that's took Dilly so a few wild. years. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Took Dilly a few years. I think we're good now, though. Okay. Ho- <laughs> I mean, hopefully. I mean, if not, I mean, he's got to let it go at some point. At yeah. some point. Yeah. If not, he's sure. just going to die angry, one or the other. But, yeah. that's, such a, but that's such a unique... Like, uh, that's a unique trait that racers have that I don't think anybody else has of like, you can hate each other, legitimately hate each other. And then a week or two, maybe a couple weeks go by years. Sometimes it's years, but like if, if you're not destroying things, you know what I mean? Like you can let a month, maybe two months go by and it's like, Hey, I see you got this, this, this for sale. Can I buy it off you? And they go, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely, you don't get that anywhere else. For me personally, I would say that generally I'm I'm that guy who gets extremely angry for five minutes. Yeah. And then I'm over it. I've seen it. I don't really hold grudges. For me to stay angry at somebody, like, you really have to do me dirty. To make me, do you have those? Do you have those people like race? race Again, you hate to um, you hate to say it, but obviously that Tara story. You guys probably didn't talk for years after that happened. Yeah, yeah. That one held on for a yeah, while. That, that one stuck for a while, and actually, not even so much for me personally. My my, my dad held on to that one even longer than I. Oh, did. I'm sure because he looked at it as like you know somebody's hiring somebody to hurt my boy yeah because you're 16 16, 17 whatever you are at that point that's that's yeah that's fair i guess that's very fair yeah so you buy that car off of jimmy how many years did you race that thing we ran that for two seasons and then we um upgraded we that's when we got our first brand new chassis yeah went up and saw richie up at rsb and had him build us a complete chassis from scratch which would have been 15? Yeah, it would have been 2015. So it was the black car with the green numbers with the outlaw body, correct? Correct, yeah. correct. That thing looks A monster car. Fast, As a matter of fact, since you guys brought it up, that yes. is the one time that we have ever been disappointed with the car leaving the shop. Really? really? Yeah, we. I hated that body, man. Really? You hated, hated the outlaw body. Why? I, I just I just could not like it. The way it looked? Yeah, the way it looked. I was going to say, because it had to have driven like a dream. Um, w- or did you I notice? Mean, we didn't really notice. And quite honestly, when we built that body, we did not know nearly what we know now about downforce bodies. Okay. okay. And how to properly build them, how to properly hang them, you know. See, I'm with you. I can't stand I'm I'm on the island by myself. Yeah. I I, I hate the outlaw bodies. I don't like the way they look. I don't. It, it just it doesn't look right on the racetrack. Your car with that Gen Six Ford Mustang body, that thing looked sharp. It you just looked have a clean. No, because it even the yeah. even the Camaro one looks amazing. That that's that right there is the main reason why we have dug our heels in on on the outlaw body is we just can't get over the look of it. It's awful. I was going to say, when you go to the track, it seems like everybody, everybody has converted it, except it was, for you. You're it, holding no, strong. No, it was, it was you. Tyler didn't have one last year. 
I felt like there was Jackman when he ran the couple races that he ran yeah, didn't so have one. Was, but it's not many. There no. was me, well, Joe Bates when he showed up. And that was an act car with a yeah, full Joe ABC Bates, yep, body. Yep. Again, Tyler had the ABC yeah. body all year. Ricky's kind of have... Um, Ricky's the hybrid. Hybrid. <laughs> um, That's very true. ABC front end, and we're going to go with the Outlaw back end. Kind of a mutt. Yeah. Did you see the new one? Uh, same car. Yeah, I was going to say. Just Wait, new body though, same right? Same chassis. He just got it reskinned. Yeah, reskinned. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was. I thought that was there's a two. new car. There's well, yeah. There's the new street stock, but he also rehung a body on his super street and just signed it up, so it just popped up online. Yep. Uh, okay. It's just All got. Right. It looks like the rear quarters are a little bit steeper of an angle than they were last year. Yeah. Put a little more rake in it. Yep. I got to. I have this story in my head that I need to get out now, and <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell you. What led up to it or what happened, but I was in the pits one night. This is probably four years ago, maybe. And you came up pit road and it's just you and you hop out of the car. And I'm assuming some you were leading. I the story I have in my head is you're leading, you got taken out, you come up pit road, you hop out, and you are heated. I mean, you still got your helmet on. You're screaming some things that I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, you know what I mean? You're spot Say on it. so far. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know what, if you remember this story, so what happened? What, what year was this? It's probably four. It's got to be. We, I was there with you. Okay. So was I racing or was I not no, racing? you were not racing. Was it prior to or after? I well, actually was what, prior to. What, what color was the car? Was it one of my gold cars? Yeah, I want to say it was a gold car. Yeah, so that would have been... 17? Uh, either 17 or 18. 18. Yeah, probably 17 is when we're talking about. And I believe that this was before I had broke my my dry spell from a win. And I think the night yes. that you're talking about, I was leading the race. Yes. All the way to the white. Yes. We're going into one, taking the white. And Ricky ends up getting underneath. <laughs> I knew it was Ricky. Okay. And, and turns me going into one. And yeah, I was quite upset. You were <laughs> quite upset. I remember standing there and being like, he's going to kill somebody. Oh, yeah. Like, because you have so, I don't want to sound like I'm like classifying you or like putting you in a box because I, I don't really want to do that. But when you get out, you take the helmet off. You had either the one piece suit or the two piece, but you take it off and you got no shirt underneath. And for people that don't know, you're covered in tattoos. I'm like, this guy's about it. Like, if there's anybody here at this track right now who's about it, Ben Pullen is about it. And I felt like that night, somebody was... Yeah, actually, either. that that night, um, of course, my, my dad and my uncle, they knew how <laughs> mad it was, was over. Yeah. And Joe Brown was there that night. And okay. he was racing, but he had ra he had crashed out, or I don't remember the exact mechanical reason, flat tire. He, he was he was done for the night, and he was watching at the fence. And my dad actually turned to Joe, and he's like, "I'm gonna need your help <laughs> keeping him under control when he comes off the track." And Joe's like, "Yeah, sure, man, I got you." Yeah, and so, you come out of there like that. Yeah, I I came off the track in a hurry, and <laughs> I got out of the car. And all I had on my mind was that I was going to go get to him and we were going to do more than talk. Yeah. <laughs> and I jump out of the car, I take my helmet off, and I start headed over to his pit. And I hesitated for like a split second just so I could figure out where he was. And just in that split second hesitation, 
I all of a sudden grow three feet taller. Yeah. And my arms are pinned at my sides, and I look back, and it's Joe Brown. He's got me, like, in a bear bear hug, hug, (laughs) and literally, like, three feet off the ground, and he's, like, cool as a cucumber. And for anybody who knows Joe... That's not him. He can have one hell of a hot temper. Weird. And, um, I mean, completely calm. Benny, you don't want to do this, man. It's not worth it. It's not worth I mean, it. Just calm down. Which he's not wrong. Yeah, he's not wrong. But the voice of reason being Joe Brown at the racetrack is just an odd thing Absolutely. for me. <laughs> Absolutely. And um yeah, so that was pretty much the end of that. Did he, you ever have a conversation with Ricky about it or no? Um no. We're just kind of one of those let sleeping dogs lie kind of things. Okay. We didn't talk for the next couple of weeks and all right. Well, that answers, over it. That answers a, a story I've had in my head for like four, four, however long it's been, four years. Yeah, three years, four three years, years, yeah. Of like who took you out. And I, and I was pretty sure it was Ricky, but I didn't want to say it was Ricky without you confirming that it was Ricky. <sighs> Throw Ricky right under the bus. Uh, I don't know about that. Okay. Well, that's okay. Sorry. No, you're fine. I digress. We'll take uh, two seconds and hear from one of our sponsors. Racing, located at 972 West Swansea Road in Swansea, New Hampshire, is now open and ready to assist you. Keep them in mind when the time comes for all your parts and accessory needs for your upcoming race season. Need help setting up and maintaining your car? Their in-house staff will be there to help you out with those needs as well. Last but not least, they will have the NHSTRA modified rides available for rent on a weekly basis. Apex Racing will see you in victory lane. Welcome back. We fight, sort of. We argue and have Joe Brown bear hug you. I'm assuming that's probably not the only instance of somebody trying to be the voice of reason in your head at that racetrack. Uh, usually, it's my dad. I was gonna say, dad or uncle. My dad. Or is is uncle um, the egg on guy or? Not at all. Not at all. He is the voice of reason when I'm in the race car. He's your spotter, correct? Correct. So, yeah, okay. I've spent my, plenty of time standing next to him. My dad can't be the spotter because he gets way too amped up. Yeah. And I can't have that when I'm in the car. Need somebody to slow you down a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, my, my uncle's the voice of reason when I'm in the car, and when I get out, it's my dad. And I'll tell you what right now, being a spotter for Alex and Tyler, your uncle is one of the easiest guys to spot next to. Because, like, if he's got a message to relay, he's just like, hey, here it is. This is what we're going to do. Just be aware. Okay, cool. Watch out. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah no. Benny's coming from the back. He's upset. Just so you're aware, Ty Ty, he's either going to go through you or around you. So it's your choice. <laughs> and that was that. I mean, your uncle's always been great as far as, like, hey, he's upset. Just as an FYI, when he comes up to Tyler, he's going to get around him in a hurry. And if he doesn't, he's he's gonna figure out a way and i'm like okay no problem i'll I'll relay the message yeah no he's uh he's one of those guys who's who's usually cool calm and collected and and easy going until he's not which is understandable i mean is that like a is that a family trait like i don't know anything about your your dad or your uncle or anything i'm just yeah no it um it i would say it runs in the family Uh, i remember oh boy this is probably working on 10 years ago now. We get this call from, I believe it was one of the guys that we knew running a concession stand at the time, that my grandfather is in a physical altercation 
in the grandstands. That's awesome. In the grandstands. Yeah. Because my grandparents go to the racetrack every week. Right. And they sit in the grandstands. Are they diehards, like have their own spot? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Like, they have their spot. The old and, school. Like, everybody who goes, they know that that's their spot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But um, so we go racing up there. And at this point, he's like 75. That's <laughs> awesome. And he's picking fights with this guy who's like our age, like Jesus. this 30-year-old dude. That's awesome. You know? So, Yeah. It was it was interesting. Like like full blown fist fight. Oh, he would have. A hundred percent. The there was it it never got physical. Um I believe that he swung at him or something and then it got broke up and they called us and was somebody talking about you and he was just like Absolutely I'm gonna that, punch you in the face. Game on hundred <laughs> percent game 100%. on. Somebody was somebody had said something about me that he didn't like and yeah, he was gonna kill him. I love that. And the worst part is so like we'll throw this story out there. Like Zach just said, so you're usually what always no shirt on underneath the fire suit or do you sometimes wear it? So until they made the you have to wear a shirt in the pits rule because it's now NASCAR sanctioned. Yeah, you'd never wear a shirt. I never wore a shirt because it is I mean it's off. For it, anybody who has driven a race car, and it's hot. Three-layer fire suit. I mean, it is hot. Yeah. So, to be fair, and I'll be the first one to say, the first time I ever saw you in the pit area, you had your one-piece suit on, tied off at your waist, again, covered in tattoos. I'm like, dude, who the hell let the convict in here? Like, ser- whoa, dude. <laughs> and it's just, you look across, and again, like you just said, you come out of the race car, hot as all hell, you whip that thing off one night, and I'm like, what the heck? Where did this guy come from? And then, like, a couple of years later, I'm up there with somebody, and you came over and talked to everybody. I'm like, he's probably the nicest guy in the pits when he's not upset at somebody, which, like, you're just, if somebody saw you come out of that race car hot and just whip that fire suit down, I could tell you right now, if I was an outsider coming in the racetrack, I'd take off running. Like, <laughs> nope, I'm out. I didn't take off running that night, but I definitely turned around and I was like, Ooh, where's he going? Well, where's he going? My eyes were on you the whole time. It's easy when you're a fan because you're just like, oh, hey. Ooh. Well, it was, dude, it's the Head weirdest thing. <laughs> so that was so that was my first, that was, because that was before Chris and Lightning's little thing. Spat. That with, yeah. With Buffon. Buffon. <laughs> but it's weird. So I had never really experienced like a full, like a racing thing like that. Mm-hmm. Watching... People watching, watching you is the craziest thing because everybody came off the fence. We all got right on the grass and we're all just, every eye is looking at you to see what's happening. Do you see those people no. when you're that mad? You, it, it's I, just a legitimate question. When you're like that, you don't even know that anyone exists. Because there's right. 200 people watching you at that point. Oh, yeah. And, and until you, for me personally anyways, until I start to calm down, that's when I realized, oh, man, there's a couple hundred people watching me. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of making a fool of myself here, you know? But in the moment, no, absolutely not. You don't you don't notice anyone's there, and you don't care. And right. again, and I think you're spot on, though, because, like, again, we've both seen you get out of that race car, mad at Ricky, Aaron, whoever it may be, and then within four or five minutes, you guys are just leaned against the race car, taking stuff apart yeah and you would never guess that that incident from five minutes ago ever happened and and the only i guess reason i can i can give for that is passion 
you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. You guys are always there. You know? Yeah, I, I would like to think that we're probably one of the more loyal. Uh, When's the last time you actually missed a race at Claremont Motorsports Park? It has been 20 years since I have missed an event. I was going to say, Jesus. I've never been there and not seen you. Yeah, it's been 20 years since. Yeah, since you started racing, I don't ever remember. Yeah, exactly. So since we started racing. You're probably the only one. We have not missed uh, an event. And and that even goes for the year that the track was down and they had those. Just the Sunday events. You were there. They had those four shows. We were there for those two. Dude, talk about a lawyer. I was going to say, so you're talking, you've been racing since 05. Oh four, somewhere yep. around there, we'll yep. call it, and you have missed zero events at Claremont yeah, Motorsports and then, Park. And then five or so years before that, I was in stands, so you never miss one then yeah. either. That's, so you grew up at that. That's time. wild. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Christ, I absolutely. missed four a year at least, at a minimum. Yeah, I missed way more than that a year. <laughs> Although, yeah, anyway, not so much this year, but yeah, racing man, is worst I get addiction you. in the world. It's pro- it's uh, I would look. It's probably one of the safer ones you can have. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there's there's yeah. lots of upsides to it. And again, like you just said, so you get in a spat with Jimmy. A year later, you're buying a car off of him. And again, we saw each other two and a half, three weeks ago, which is how we kind of got talking about this. Was because yeah, yeah. here you are, ten years later, and it's yeah, it's just Jimmy's house. What are you What are you worried about? Oh yeah, man. And and anytime I go to Jimmy's now, it's like I don't go to Jimmy's unless I'm cool with killing three hours. Oh. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you get there and you, you get to talking, and before you know it, oh man, it's it's nine o'clock at night or or that's whatever. Like, you know, that's like going over to Joey's house when Peter's there, dude. That guy can have a conversation for like six or seven hours. It's like a job. I'm like, or like if a, if he calls you. I remember when I lived with my dad. My dad and him were friends, and every time it came up, Pete Jarvis on the caller ID, my dad would go, "We got to be out of the hour, and we got to be out of the house in like two hours. Don't pick up the phone." Because I feel like that's, and it's the same thing with Jimmy's. I run by Jimmy's. I was ran by a couple of weeks ago. I stopped in. It was like two hours went by and my wife's calling me like, hey, did you die on the side of the road? Like, I was like, oh no, I'm just, uh, I'm at Jimmy's. Bring so, your wife with you. It no, ends a lot quicker. I will not, I will not do that. <laughs> yeah. That, that is one thing that my wife has definitely learned over the years. That if I say I'm going off to do anything involved in racing, Expected to be three hours. Yeah, expect it to be minimum of three hours. <laughs> minimum. If you're back early, it's just yeah. it's gravy. It's oh, brownie points. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, that's awesome. Twenty fifteen was your first brand new car. Did you run? How many years did you run that car? So we ran that car or a variant of that car for three years. Or no, no, it would have been all the way until we built the car that we have now. Okay, so when you say a variant. So we had that car clipped three times. Because it was bent or just updating it over the winter? So once because it was bent and two updates. Okay. And that was the gold car, right? No, yep. that was the green that was the black car that turned into the gold, Correct. The gold car. So the green chassis with the black outlaw body. Yeah. It went from that to the first gold car. Yeah. And then the second gold car. And then the first Gen six Mustang. Okay. So you were in the Gen 6 two years? Two years. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you, not a lot of people not a lot of people were fans of that copper gold you had. I was. I loved it. It was <laughs> different. Yeah. That's funny you say that because th- at the end of this season, I got so many people telling me, man, you got you to gotta go back to the gold. That white is just not lucky for you. It's not lucky. Hey, you got to go so back wait, to the gold. So gotta- wait, what are we saying? Are we going back gold, man? Um, are we going gold? We are not going to be gold. Uh, oh, 
Penny. What are we going to be? We will have a completely new look. Do we want to uh, teaser anything? That that's the best. Or just I can show up at practice you. on the tenth, and you might be able to see it. Yeah, you come to the racetrack on the tenth, and you'll see it. Yes, I'll settle for that. Kind of disappointing, but that's all right. I like we, I like your style. We can respect that. There, there's only one person outside of our team that has seen the car, and that's Joey Tatro because he's lettering it. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So are you? I'm always interested to know, like, if you're the type of racer that holds your secrets like close to the chest, or if you're like. You know what I mean? Like, Jimmy will get people into the ballpark. Like, he's not going to give you everything, but he'll get you into the ballpark. But then there are some people that are just like, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. You know what I mean? They just play it off as, like, dumb. I honestly say it would depend on the scenario. <laughs> who comes up and asks the yeah, question? it depends on who it is. Okay. Because we have definitely helped a few people out over the years. One that comes to mind, he runs a mini stock, number 33. Sonhalter, Matthew Sonhalter. Yeah, when him and his dad ran. God, you're good. When they ran that one season in, in the Super, Super Streets, streets yep. they were struggling, man. Bad. And they're good people. And he's a good driver. He's a wheel man in Absolutely. that mini stock. And they're, and they're genuinely good people. Yep. So we had came up on a couple of Wednesdays buying tires. Dickie LaPlante was helping them that year, wasn't he? Exactly. Yeah, towards the end. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And um, his dad had come up to us picking our brain, you know, asking for help and this and that. And I, I gave him help. Shot them straight. Right. Here you go. You this know, is. I mean, they were, you know, spending good money after bad and working really hard trying to get their car going, and they just were not gaining any ground. Yeah, I remember that year. So you, so you want to see people working before you exactly give them. Exactly. Yeah. If we buy a car tomorrow, he's not giving us a setup. First off, if we're <laughs> buying a car tomorrow. We shouldn't. I hope somebody punches us in the face <laughs> if we're buying a car tomorrow. <laughs> Be fun. It would. I'm not saying it wouldn't be fun, but I feel like at that class you're not really going out there to have fun. You're no, out there to win races. No, pure stocks is where you buy one to just go out and have yeah. fun. Enduro car. Yeah. Or something. If you're not having fun, man, you don't belong there. But to start, do you have fun? Oh, I have a blast. Is that why you do it? You do it. I to love have it. fun. There is nothing better than getting strapped into a race car and going out on the racetrack. There's nothing in the world that compares to it. I agree with him. Nothing. Even in a four-cylinder, there's just something about that last tug on the belt and then rolling up over the knoll and looking down, you and everything know, goes away. For me, the most exhilarating feeling in the world is to be out on the track, full field, racked up, getting ready to take the green. Are you, like, nervous? When, when you're coming down the back stretch, the lights go out, and you're getting ready to go green, that is, oh, man, yeah. That, <laughs> that's it right there. That's it right there. It's what you live for. Yeah, I f- I I don't it's know different. what you're I like. I don't know what you're saying, obviously, but I can I can imagine the intensity that's running, like all the stuff that's running through your body when you're about to take the green and you're about to go hammer down into. And into it's one. it's doesn't matter whether it's again it's a pure stock for twenty laps or it doesn't matter well, if it's a modified for fifty laps. It's exactly, all just exactly. that last tug and up over, and it doesn't matter whether you had a terrible week at work. It doesn't matter if you're fighting with your wife, your kid's sick. It does not matter. Nothing matters. As soon as you knoll that hill and look down, the only thing that matters is those 25, 40, or 50 laps that are in front of you. That's it. The whole world disappears. Stops. It stops around you. It's you and your race car. Man. And hopefully 23 other meatheads out there with you. Yeah. (laughs) And a fat check at the end. Fat check would be nice. I mean, those don't really. Ah, short track racing, man. If If you're short track racing looking to make money, quit before you start. Pete Van Daka. Really? 
You That's what you need to be. You Pete Van Dock on the same tires over three racetracks every single weekend on the same know. tires for the year. I don't know who that the is. You last, don't know who Pete Van Dock is. The last, That's why I just said, who, who is that? The last man to make money racing was Pearl Dewey. Yes. <laughs> Who's Pearl Dewey? Oh, my really? God, Zach. Pearl Dewey is. Guys, the 240. Don't, don't, yeah. come, don't, don't kill me. For he me. had, like, the last steel-bodied modified, I think, yeah. in the country. That thing was way overweight. Old, old Pinto. He yeah. used to tow it to the track in an old woody wagon. Yeah. Really? For he real. Ba- he backed Station in, wagon. He backed into a light pole one night up there. He did. <laughs> he did. Coming out of his pit. He had nobody clearing him. Backed right into a light pole right in the middle of right in the middle of pit road. Listen. But, he, I mean, at that point, he had to have been over 70 years oh, old. Oh, yeah. He raced against, really? my, he raced yeah. against my grandfather. The gentleman. Yeah. He, runs, he raced against Jerry. Seriously. So what? So what's... What's the mystique of this? He was just always there. He, but I mean, he didn't pay for anything. He didn't. He he got tires given to him, takeoffs given to him from the from the front running guys. Junkyard parts, you know, junkyard parts. I mean, the car was literally held together with hope and a prayer. I mean, you you'd want to get your tetanus before you get into this (laughs) thing. Like, he's not kidding. You wouldn't have saw me sitting in that race car. But he was probably one of the nicer guys in the pit area oh, from all the stories I've heard of him. 100% one of the nicest guys you ever talked to. Yeah. Really? Pearl yeah. Dewey. And, I mean, you want to hear some stories? I bet he's got some. I mean, he you know, he could tell you stories about back in Claremont's dirt days. Yeah, he ran the dirt. He ran, actually, I think, and again, Pep, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I think Pep actually ran the dirt before it went to asphalt as well. Dude, it, it really breaks my heart that Pep won't come on. It does. Surely... But- Pep's breaking my heart. I think you need to work him over. Cooking some, cooking some nice food. I don't know. I don't know what we got to do, but yeah, it's not gonna me. happen. Um, yeah. If but you're a hundred percent correct. If you're looking to make money racing, you're in the wrong business. The best way to become a millionaire with racing is start with two. Yeah, because yeah. you're just not gonna do it. Yep. I mean, you've got a couple of decent sponsors. I'm assuming because I think Tom and Dale's has been with you for quite a while at this point. Yeah. It's, so Tom. He uh, sponsors a paint job on the car for us every year. In any of the years that we haven't had him paint the car. Tom, mix it up gold this year. Mix it up gold. (laughs) Um, So he hooks us up with a paint job, and then um, really that's basically it. Which, again, is still. It's um, my my dad and my uncle and myself, we we all kind of pool our money together. Yeah. Do Do you actively go out and look for sponsors, or is it just like a. We did. Back in the day, I would say, oh, my beginning Super Street days. And then it's hard. It's yeah, really yeah, hard. Yeah, and, for sure. And for me personally, it's like, it's kind of like a pride thing. It's hard for me to go out and kind of ask people for like, money. Exactly. Yeah, I got put, you. Put your head down and be like, hey, man, you want to give me some money for my race car? Right. You know? Like, I. Well, can't. listen, Ben, I'm about to do it right now. Anybody out there that's looking to get their uh, business on a car and you want it to run up front every single week, Ben Poland is your guy. Reach out to Benny. Throw in some cash. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there because, again, over the last, God, as long as I can remember, probably eight, nine years, you have a shot to win every night. Every night. And, again, I, I get it. Aaron's done what Aaron's done for the last three years, which I'm sure has got to be frustrating as hell for you. Oh, yeah. But, I mean... Again, you want to beat the best. Absolutely. But the last three seasons, our car has finished podium every week. Right. Yeah. If it finished the race, I was gonna say, if it finished the race, you were you were getting a tro- you were going home with the trophy. Dude, I feel like it's the it's the it's the most. I don't even know if I'm gonna say this right, but non talked about 
stat is like, for as much as Aaron's winning, you're getting trophies. You're consistently every week. there every single And you're week. still losing championships by oh, 20, yeah. 30 I, points. I believe it was um, Toby who, who dubbed me the, the um, bridesmaid. Oh, and Toby. Toby. You dog. <laughs> yeah, in 2019, it was kind of funny. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I love that guy. So I guess the question for me that's now in my head is, does it ever, does it become frustrating getting a second place trophy eventually? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, every, I think that every racer shows up to the racetrack, you know, with the intentions on But winning. you also know if you start, again, full field, so we got 24 cars out there. You start 18th in a 40-lap feature, it goes green to checker, and you finish second. That's a win for the night if you start that far back. But I feel like starting 12 or 14 cars and you only finish second however many times you have over the last three yep. years, like, eventually it's just going to be like, yeah, here's my fake smile for the picture. And, well, what's well, even worse than that is is like being checked out leading the race and it's like 10 to go and and, and you're watching your spot mirror more than you're looking forward because you know he's coming. You know he's there somewhere. You know he's coming. You know what I mean? You get out into the lead and the thought in your head isn't, yeah, man, I'm leading the race. It's where's Aaron. It's like I got to get as far away as possible so he can't catch me hopefully by the end of the race. In, In a couple of those races, if I remember correctly, you did have some pretty decent leads with 10, 8, 7 laps to go. He'd catch that caution with four to go. He'd catch that caution with two to go. He, he is quite lucky on catching late races. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think it is? It's just luck. Hundred percent. It's better it's to luck. be lucky than good any day of the week. I, I, if you told me I could have either luck or being good for a night at the racetrack, I would take luck a hundred times out of a hundred. So you think a majority of his wins come off of luck? It, it's no. not. No, no. no He's no, put no. himself in the position. To win. So again, you got to remember. So even if there's 14 cars, he's put himself in second place behind Ben, behind Joe, behind Ryan Bell, oh, whoever it may be. Him up with. And it just, he gets the lucky yellow with five to go, which bunches everybody back up and he gets the restart and takes the lead. Gotcha. But you still have to be there in position oh, to yeah. make that move. And I mean, it, it is a testament to, you know, not just him being lucky, but. His crew and him too. They put together good you pieces. They 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 won twenty races, you know, every race of the season. You know, to not have a mechanical problem, right, or something like that. Which happen. again was his only loss last year exactly. was a mechanical. Really, hundred percent. Who did he hit that? Who did he hit last year to pop the radiator? I believe it was, was it Ryan? kind of a. Was it Ryan or was it the back of your car? I know it was, it was an accordion like, effect. It yeah, wasn't it was, anything it was malicious. Like the field stacked up, and I don't remember. I think it was actually Cam Curtis that he, that he got hit. To the back it was one. It, they were going through one and two, and yep. everybody jacked up. And then all of a sudden, you look, and there's just a plume of smoke coming out of the front yep. of Aaron's car, and you're like, "What the hell just happened?" But I mean, and I mean, you want to talk about luck? The season before, so 2019, he won the race blowing it up, like the, down the back stretch. Yeah, the engine oh, expired as he won the race. Yeah. It started to puff smoke down the back stretch. It one, blew up through three and four, and he yeah. coasted across the start yeah. finish line. One lap earlier, I would have won the race. Right. Oh my God, Benny. Like that's, and that one's got to sting a little bit more than some of the others. Yeah. Well, no, I would say the ones that sting the most are when you're leading, leading and the caution comes and out the with five to come. Comes out with a few to go. And, and you, you just know, and it's oh, yeah. and it's not a knock against the back marker guys or whoever spun that night or gets a flat or gets stuck on because it's never really been a oh hey here's a piece of debris or there's grass. It's always been that guy spins or 
there's somebody stuck on pit road or that's the worst one right there when you pit see road. somebody come leave off them. the track you're like leave them and they're dead like three quarters of the way up or you know one car length from being in the pits like get three guys down there just push them in we'll find we'll yeah. leave them alone <laughs> like, yeah. but I, it, again me being on the safety side i understand why you throw the yellow because there has been plenty of guys that have gone spinning towards that way and it's it's got to be no worse feeling than inside the race car and being like, I'm leading. Oh, man, dude, yeah. come on, yeah. just a little bit. Somebody pull off and push him up. I'll pay you. <laughs> I'm going to ask a question right now, and I hope it does not get me punched. It might. It's, it's, a, it's a wide table. A, You'll be all right. A, you got time. Sc- it's a scenario thing, right? You're running second to Aaron. You're, like, it, say hypothetically, right? Yeah. You're running second to Aaron. You're right there. You're driving into three. Coming to the checkered? Coming to the checkered. Okay. Is it checkers or records? I guess it, it, it depends if you're talking this is championship night. Well, if it's championship night, I'm assuming that it's an automatic. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's over. If it's championship night and... You got all winter to fix it, that thing. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I have a shot if I drive it in a little deeper and hope she sticks. I'm driving it in there. Oh, I love it. Week I one? It. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, we got all season. You know, nobody needs to start their season off that way. Right. Well... Yeah. That went a lot better than I thought. (laughs) Okay. We'll we'll take one more quick word from one of our sponsors. For the love of, why won't you start? Lawn care got you down? Equipment never wants to start? Not enough time to visit the racetrack? Let the professionals at Belanger Lawn Care solve your problem. We offer full yard care services from weed trimming, mowing, mulching, fertilizing, and more. Belanger Lawn Care, servicing the greater Claremont and surrounding areas. Give us a call today at 603-542-6945. You can also visit us on the web at belangerlawncare.com. Welcome back. We're up to this point. So you guys, you had another brand new car last year? And put that nice Gen 6, again, body on it again, correct? Because you said that was the second year you had run the Gen 6 body? Yeah, that was the second Gen 6 body that we had had. With apparently the unlucky white. I know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What made you guys switch to the Gen 6 body over just the generic ABC body? So the year that it had come out, that winter of 2019, we had gotten a five-star catalog in the mail, and it was on the cover. And it looked sharp. It was like one of those love at first sight things. Yeah. You know, we saw it and it was like, yep, we got to have that. It look, And again, I know you picked on me because it's the Ford, so I'm a Ford guy. Yeah. That the Chevy one looks, looks immaculate on those super late models, late models, whatever they are. Even the, again, I'm not a big Toyota fan, so I just don't like the decals on the front. But I think just the shape of that body on a short track car just looks good. It looks mean. Absolutely. It's, it's got, it's got curves in, in all the right places. You know, it, it's got some good sharp body lines. I, I love them. Yeah. I mean, when – I can't remember if the first year you ran that, if it was opening night that I saw or if I was up at practice, but when you unrolled that thing from the trailer, I was like, holy smokes. Like, that thing, yeah. it just – it looked mean. And, again, just with a little bit of a hot head you have sometimes when you're frustrated and just the way you guys carry yourselves of like, yeah, we know what we're doing here. We came here to win. It just like everything fit about that body in that car rolling out. The only thing that would have been better is if it was like flat black and rolling out with like just some neon numbers or something. Right, just being yeah, like, yeah. we're here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. We're out of bubble gum. I love that. What do you, do you, what character do you think you are in the racetrack? Are you, because we had this conversation with Weasel and obviously. Obviously, Weasel's the, Weasel, Weasel can the be the villain. Yeah. Weasel is a villain and he he loves the black hat. 
are you do you like try you to care both sides? Yeah, do you do care you what care? people think about you at the I, racetrack honestly i honestly don't care you brought your friends with you you're not there to make any that is actually a perfect statement you bring your friends to the racetrack. You don't go there to see them. The old TC. If I wanted to make yeah. friends, I would have gone to summer camp. <laughs> so you don't care. I do not care. So you're parked next to somebody and you're, you know, chatting it up before the race. And once, you don't you, once you're strapped in, it's like. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't matter who you are. You are a number on the racetrack. a boy. I love it. I can't God, wait. I, yeah. I'm, I'm stoked just because. I've had it in my brain for a couple of years. I like you would be the perfect anti Aaron guy to pull for. You know what I mean? So we've uh, um, uh, me and the fellas have been talking all winter. Okay. And I have this decal all made up. Oh ready yes. To go. Oh. And it yes. only can go on the car after we beat Aaron. What's it say? Kryptonite. Oh yes. <laughs> Come on. Shots so, fired. But. It has to be a legitimate win. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't pop a tire. He doesn't exactly. have a mechanical. You guys beat him Fair straight off square. the trailer. Yeah. Even race. He finishes second or third, and you beat him. And I'm not talking that I start on the pole and just hang on to the win. Like, yeah. pass him, win the race. That's awesome. So you're when that happens, you are officially been the kryptonite Poland. Oh, yeah. Well, that, yes. that'll, be the, that'll be the car's new name. Yes, it's kryptonite. She, she will be kryptonite. Is it is it like at least neon green lettering? No. Nope. <sighs> I'm intrigued. Yeah. I really want to know. Man, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I hope that thing comes out night one. I, me too. <laughs> hey, so listen. So I get to announce at the racetrack. Can I hang on to that? So that way we, if we if you win and put that thing in and you like... 100%. We could just lay it right on the... Oh, 100%, yes. Yeah. Listen, and then we get... And then you get t-shirts made. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. T-shirts made. I'm buying big, fistfuls. Yeah. Big old no. double zeros of kryptonite written yes. right over the top of them. No, absolutely. Yes. God, man. I'm uh, I'm even more excited now. So I guess a couple of the last questions I got. So do you do you go out at the beginning of the year to chase championships or do you no. chase wins? We we go to the racetrack every Friday night to win. We gave up points racing years ago. It makes racing not fun. That's all I've ever heard. Anybody that's ever run for an actual championship has always said the same thing. By the time you hit July and August, it just becomes, it's not fun. It's a second job because you're in, and again, I know you said you're spending 40 hours or were at one point. You're spending 50 hours a week just to make sure that car is perfect because you're chasing a championship. Exactly. So our, our kind of learning moment on that was my final season in the street stocks. When we we set out that season to win the championship, yep. and we raced all summer long, and then ultimately lost the championship, yep. And it just it made it not fun. I'm right. sure the last four or five weeks were just literally probably you show up and you're preparing a car to just win the championship instead of saying, "Hey, we're gonna just go out and win. Let's just collect oh, trophies." I mean, we were bad. I was bad. We're we're out there, you know, counting points in the heat race. Oh. I got I got to finish in this spot so I can gain three points on this guy, and you know, what I mean, like it it's bad. It was in your head before you even got to the racetrack. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, and it makes it not fun. So from that year on, we decided that. If the chips fall yeah. and you win one, great. If, if you, you don't, go out there and you're winning races, the points take care of themselves. That is true. Right. Well, in the in 2011 yeah. when we won the championship in the Super Streets, that's what happened. We went out there. We had a lot of rainouts that season. We had 14 races, 
because of all the rainouts, and we won seven out of the fourteen. Yeah, so it definitely it literally took care of itself right yeah. then and there. That's a fair statement. Again, so again, you chase chase wins, and obviously, like you just said, usually those take care of themselves. But seconds and thirds, obviously, don't at this point. But again, like you said before, if you've got twenty four cars, this last four years in that division's a hell of a lot different of a story. Absolutely, than fourteen cars, Absolutely. and I get. What was 18 you guys had, like 16 or 17 of you, which was a healthy field. Mm-hmm. Are you going to chase some of those ring races this year? Um, we we def- definitely do want to do some traveling. We're pretty set on going to Lee at least once this summer. Yeah, nice. We'd like to go there. How much other traveling we get, um, it all kind of depends on time. I mean, my life's getting a lot a lot more busy now, you know, with, with two small kids and a growing family. So Yeah. That's kind of why we stick to Claremont so much. It's easy. It's close to home. Because you guys are out of Charlestown? Yep. We're, yep. we're right in Charlestown. So, so 15 minutes from the track, 20 minutes from the track? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so traveling to a Hudson on a Sunday is probably... Yeah, and then getting to work on Monday. Monday morning, first thing. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, people do it, but... That's very true. Yeah. So one thing that I've, I've you know, had conversations with, like, you know, with Jimmy and stuff, it, he always said that, you know, he was a a little bit more of a hothead, and then he had Dylan, and Dylan kind of calmed him down because he's like, okay, well now I got this kid looking at me. You know, you got to set an example. Has, has that started to one hundred percent? Yeah, you've slowed 100%. down. Yes, from ten years ago, you're you're 100%. not the same, and you're not you're the same driver because you strapped that helmet on, and I don't I don't think it matters. Whatever's going on in the pits does not matter, right. but. Your actions in the pit area from a fan looking at you, you're two totally different guys than what you were in 2010 versus what you were last year. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. When when you got, you know, kids who are, you know, depending on you for to survive, it makes you think before you act. <laughs> before, right. before you make that bonehead move of, yeah. boy, this is a weekend in jail or I could spend the weekend with my kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Well, that, and like you said, setting an example is is extremely important to me as a father you know what i mean i don't i don't want my children thinking that that that's okay to be you know wilding out and hitting people all the time right just as long as they yeah as long as they deserve it it's okay then so we teed you up at the beginning so we're gonna go ahead and say hopefully you've thought of your zulo fab bonehead move of the day Come out, Come out of four, four side, side by side, side to, to take the checker, checker flag. flag. And, oh, oh my God, God can, can you, you believe, believe the move that, that guy just pulled? pulled what a bonehead! It's the Zulu Fabrication Bonehead, bonehead. bonehead. Move of the Week. Bonehead move of the week. <laughs> so you are lucky because you're not racing yet. So you get your entire career to pick one move that you made that you wish you could have back. I would say that my very first race in a race car, if I could do that one over, I would. Why? All right, why? I got DQ'd <laughs> out of my very first race <laughs> ever. And it was probably two thirds of the way through the race. It was Andrew Nickerson. He doesn't even race anymore. Right. But he kind of came across the nose, and I just completely drove right through him. <laughs> I mean, he went into the infield and... DQ'd the very yeah. first race out. Yeah. What we, did Dad say about that one? Yeah. 
to be honest with you, I don't even really remember his reaction. I was pretty upset about it because I thought that he was going to be disappointed in me. Yeah. Right? And then I think that when I came off the track and he saw ups- how upset I was, that maybe he figured, eh, I guess he's punishing himself. <laughs> yeah. Right? But yeah, I didn't even get to finish my first race. That's rough, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome story. I mean, to go from literally being DQ'd your very first night to where you are now would be polar opposites of you just say, hey, yeah, the first race I ever did, I was DQ'd. And then most people are like, ah, you probably raced for like two or three years and then was <laughs> gone out of the sport. Yeah. And here you are yeah. 16 years later. Are you going to be in this for a long time, you think? I have no intentions on quitting <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> yes. Ever. Ever. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I will be. We got 30 more years of Benny Poland. At the racetrack in, in some capacity for as long as I'm able. Yes. You know, whether it's me driving, one of my kids driving. Yeah. You, you're going to be there. It. Yeah. You need that, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I guys mean, like you that are going to keep we, this thing alive. I so. mean, it, it, there's more than even just being out on the track and being and, and driving the car and racing. It, it's a whole family, and it, it's the whole atmosphere. It's it's everything, you know what I mean? Because I'm assuming your uncle comes over and works on the race car during the week, right? Yeah. We, we spend a lot of time together. So the are your kids old enough to be able to come out to the race shop at this point and kind of they are so my daughter autumn is six she'll be seven in april and my son easton is three just turned three in in january yeah so So they're kind of old enough to where it's kind of neat that dad races a race car and just comes out and putters and i would say my daughter is kind of like she likes to come out and see it if we have something shiny or (laughs) or if uh if you're just working on it's kind of boring yeah she's not really into it and unless it's like a big thing, like we just got it painted or yeah. it just got lettered or something like Which that. Which is exciting for anybody. And then she'll come out and say, yeah, it's cool, dad. I'm, I'm going in the house. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but my boy, he, um, he's kind of a chip right off the old block. The next Poland really? is in the making. He, um, get, he wants to get in the car. He wants yes. to start the car. He's, I mean, he's absolutely not I afraid it. of it. We got, know? we got another Poland coming down the pipe. Yeah. Thank so God. I, I think that he might be the, uh. The third generation. The speed demon. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. So, so very last thing, and I just thought of this. When So how often do you and your dad work on the car? Is it an every night thing? I wouldn't say every night, especially seems, you know, with the growing family. But it, um, at least three, four nights a week. I mean, it depends on. And what's then you're going at the racetrack you know all night. I mean? It depends on what's going on. So this, so this is the crazy thing, right? I just had a conversation with my dad. I, I don't see my dad sometimes for weeks. Like, we'll text back and forth. Or, you know what I mean? He'll shoot me a text message. I'll shoot or I'll, like, give him a phone call. I feel like having the race car, you're getting time with your dad. And you, we don't even really know it. Like, I stop and think sometimes. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I haven't seen him. We haven't been to the races. We haven't watched a baseball game. And I'm like. And if you ever talk to my dad why he races. That's why. He would tell you exactly that. Really? It's, because it, if you stopped... It's time with my son and my brother. Because it's if you exactly stop, how often do you actually get to see him? Exactly. You know, and, and really, I, I only kind of pick up on it when race season's over. Yeah. When when You take that season, two or three week lull just to do nothing. Yeah. Like, we're not going to work on it. We're not going to touch it. We need some time off from it. The and wife then also, is completely disgusted with <laughs> race cars by October. <laughs> and, like, she loathes the garage by then so yeah. we take a couple of weeks you know three weeks a month kind of hiatus from the shop and then you're kind of like man i ain't seen the old guy in a little bit yeah, yeah. 
But we're also fortunate that my whole family kind of lives all within, you know, walking distance, basically. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, that's that's got to be. That's got to be a little easier so you can go easier. see him on a Sunday afternoon or Absolutely. whatever. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to thank, Benny, before we sign off here? Uh, I just thank everybody who comes out and supports the track so so we're able to keep having fun. And, and obviously uh, my crew, my dad, my uncle, everybody who keeps our program going. Absolutely. Cool. Listen, I, I'm a big Aaron fan, and I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, I'm, I was an Aaron fan, but – I'm kind of hoping for one of those kryptonite shirts. I'm 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 stoked, man. Because I'm hoping for multiple. You you and Aaron <laughs> are right there every week, and you're. To we me, need a change. To me, no, uh, love the guy or hate him, you can't take anything away from nothing. Him. You know what I mean? And you hate it, to say it, even if you hate him, you're going to the racetrack to watch him. Exactly, which is fine. Exactly, support you know? it. For the most part, we always have a good time racing with Aaron. You know, and I would say that, especially as years have gone on and the more we've raced together, I think we kind of have more of a a mutual respect for one another so yeah no i'm stoked dude i mean that that class is going to be really good and the way you're making it sound that car is going to be bad fast so that's the hope i'll be pulling for you man i'm i'm excited We'd like to take a moment and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Turn 4 Podcast. Have a question, comment, or query? We would love to hear from you. Reach out to us today at our Facebook page, Turn 4 Podcast. And until next week, we'll see you at the racetrack.